Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a mysterious room of long-forgotten moldy mascot memorabilia, often pitched by ad agencies, always rejected by NJM. Is it real? We may never know. But what is real is NJM's dedication to doing what's right for their customers. Astoundingly, they're proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Learn more at njm.com. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. This is my favorite type of story. This is my favorite type of story we cover here on Last Podcast because this is just the perfect, like, if, if you're ready, you're getting ready to listen to the episode, go get yourself a big plate of spaghetti. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> just really sit down. I think what's important is that take your shoes and your socks off so you smell your feet. Yeah. Why wouldn't like, you? While you're eating a big old bunch of lumps of sausage in there and you don't know what kind mm. of sausage it is. It's just like a big old meal and then you eat it all up. And this also, it's really great because it's such like a comfort blanket Scenario, mm -hmm. like you I don't really know. just you're just like <laughs> it's a true get crime show. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like because people fall asleep to true crime. Yeah, I know they do, Dude. which is actually kind of offensive. I get a lot of DMs <laughs> being like, "I fall asleep to your show," and I was like, "Oh, we worked really hard on that." No, yeah. no, it's comforting. It's comforting. Yeah, them. and right. there's something that's just there's something about. The smile of Fred West Ugh. that is so oh, comforting. God. Yeah, it's indeed. like a graveyard in a like it's a graveyard, tiny one inside of a skull. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben, hanging out with Marcus. Hey, hey, Ed, hanging out with Henry, who apparently wants the smile of Fred West, which you can get. You can go to Janky Doctor Number Seven <laughs> down the street here in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, oh, yeah. and you can find someone to fuck up your teeth for you very, very easily. But I also think it's appropriate that I work out five days a week, but I have the body of Rose West. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Today's episode, it's Fred and Rose West, a couple for the ages. Now, we covered Fred and Rose West many years ago in just a single episode in which we gave a brief overview of their crimes, as well as a small peek into what their motivations might have been. It was hmm. disgusting. But yep. now... Almost a decade after Henry was so unfairly accused of eating a burrito in a hotel closet during recording. I'm innocent! <laughs> wow. Honestly, it was really bad. I was in an extending, so when we recorded, I remember it distinctly because it was in December. I was shooting Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Mm -hmm. I was in a horrible hotel in Atlanta. That was before we had any form of budget. How could it be horrible? It was an extended stand. <laughs> this is the thing is that it's it, the, they want you to extend it to the grave. Yes. They want you to commit suicide in there. Uh, how long is a divorce proceeding? Extended, Extended stay. stay. And I uh, was not eating a burrito. I just had very bad Wi-Fi connection. But today, I'm going to eat a burrito Fantastic. during the episode. Well, I think that would be great. A nice bean burrito for Fred and Rose West. Well, now we know far more about what Fred and Rose West did, why they did it, and yeah. how far back the culture of abuse went in their family histories. Furthermore, we also know who else may have been involved in the 12 provable murders attached to the West name. Yes, we do. So you're saying that abuse was their culture. <laughs> mm -hmm. I really feel that. This whole episode, because the reason why we decided to jump in and do Fred and Rose West was because we wanted to get in the mood. 
for the UK. Yeah. So we're about to go to yes. Europe. And what we want to do is just remind ourselves like why we go. <laughs> why <laughs> we go to perform. Why, why do we celebrate the UK? Mm-hmm. You guys all just got done lining up for days to go look at the corpse of a dead woman. <laughs> 96 years fun. I've been slowly limiting the amount of salt I've been putting in my food. Get my palate ready. So when I hit when I hit Europe, I'll be like, now that's a pretty tasty cabbage. There's a reason why we die at a much higher rate of heart disease than they do. It's true. I know. It's because we have more fun. And we have more sugar. Now, for the uninitiated, Fred and Rose West were a married couple living in a small English city called Gloucester. And this is what we're here to talk about. Marriage is between one man who's a sociopath <laughs> and one woman who's a sociopath. I love this. And I'm really sick of what's oh, happening to our culture. Marriage is supposed to be between two rapists. <laughs> uh, Gloucester is located just a little over 100 miles west of London. And together, Fred and Rose West, they committed up to 30 murders over oh. the course of two decades, Although Fred certainly committed quite a few on his own. 30 is just what they did, or 30 supposed is just what they did together. Nine together, provably. So what have you done with your wife this weekend? (laughs) They just record a hit podcast. Oh, okay. (laughs) Now, we may have already said it, but if I were to compare Fred and Rose West to anyone, the closest analog would be Raymond and Connie Marble from the John Waters film Pink Flamingos. Oh, yes. interesting. Okay. Put simply, Fred and Rose West were the real world variants of the filthiest people alive. No! If any one of you have ever seen The League of Gentlemen mm. in the UK. The Extraordinary League of Gentlemen. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's no? a whole entirely different it's thing. It's a sketch show called The League of Gentlemen. There's a couple of characters that are, um, they are, it's perfect. It's, they come from the small town of Royston Vesey, mm. right? And uh, their whole thing is they're obsessed with anybody who isn't local. And if you're not local, they kill you. And it is a, it, these guys are the type of country bumpkins. We, I think in America, we get a lot of credit more so for our murderous country bumpkins. Oh, totally. And I we think get- we need to leave the bumpkins alone. The bumpkins aren't the murderers. The bumpkins protect the murderers. Oh, well, that's well, we're going to discover apparently that is a, the, that we're not alone in that. Okay. UK also has a history of small towns keeping it local. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And the bumpkins from uh, personal experience. Yeah, the yeah. bumpkins do some pretty awful shit. Okay. Someone needs to keep an eye on the bumpkins. There were a really lot of do. there they were a lot of bumpkins doing some bumpkin shit out in Rochester, Texas that mm. shouldn't have been doing bumpkin shit. All right. Well, together, Fred and Rose West built a torture dungeon in their home at the now infamous address of 25 Cromwell Street in Gloucester. Ooh. There, they murdered young hitchhikers and runaways as a part of their regular sex life, involving strangers in their sadistic sexual games with all the regard one might show a cheap sex toy. You might say these guys are, these guys, uh, they're not very nice. <laughs> Sounds like it. And I'll tell you one thing, Marcus. No McDonald's tribute. <laughs> no, no, you got any gum? <laughs> yeah, hey, you, you got any gum? You tell uh, me. What do you like, the shrimp? Hey. You're killing him again. You're killing Norm again. He's rolling over in his grave. But I'm just going to push back a little bit, Marcus. There is no such thing as a cheap sex toy. Have you been to a sex store? Yeah. Minimum 50 bucks. Yeah, minimum. No, man. I give you a cheap sex toy table leg. <laughs> you rub yourself against a chair. Man. Well, that's not uh, fucking anything's a sex toy. Oh, no, it's a, well, I got you... 10 of them right here. Oh, okay. Those are your fingers. Honestly, 12 if you count my elbows. Okay. <laughs> Rubbing a clit. Fantastic. Well, after being killed. The victims were then meticulously dismembered, then buried either on the grounds of 25 Cromwell Street or in fields near Fred's hometown. There are, however, still burial sites unknown to investigators. 
Strangers, however, weren't their only victims, nor was sex always the motivation. Fred and Rose West murdered family members, children, and babysitters. Basically anyone who got in their way. Wow. But where East Charles Starkweather murdered people to end arguments and quickly got caught, Fred and Rose West were far more clever. The fact mm. that we just did Charles Starkweather and now we're doing this series, it is the, the comparison is very interesting. Yes. Because you they could not be like, while yes, they have the same official body count, they could not be more different. Mm. Fred and Rose West have one more. I thought that they, had, oh, yes, that's right. It's 12. Yeah, it's 12 versus Stark. Weather. Stark, Stark, weather, got 11. Same as Stark. Same weather. as Stark with. All right. Well, in comparison to our last series, in which the culpability of Caroline Fugit was in question, the participation of Rose West in these horrific crimes is beyond reproach. Oh, yeah. In fact, one could argue that Rose actually made things worse because Fred, a textbook sadist, not only had someone giving him permission, but someone to impress. Give my love to Rose. Please, wouldn't you do that? That's <laughs> great. She's going to murder me, cut off my ears, and shove them in my asshole. But I uh, I saw one expert put it in a good way, too, that I thought was interesting. Is that it was not even just him impressing Rose. It was them in competition with each other. Yeah. I do believe of all of the killer couples we have ever covered, mm. these this is the only couple that very easily one could have killed the other at any point. Rose West is not just, she is in the lap of the pilot. Her and the pilot, they're both pilots. Dick to asshole, driving a plane together that is crashing into hell. My goodness. But before we get into the why and how of England's most horrific crimes, let's acknowledge our source today. For this one, we've got the seminal true crime biography, Fred and Rose by Howard Soons, hmm. who was actually one of the journalists who originally broke the story back in the mid-90s. This book was also adapted for a long-form podcast series. Interestingly, this is actually the second time that Soons has been used as a source for this network. He also wrote a pretty solid biography of Lou Reed, oh, which we no used kidding. on No Dogs in Space for our Velvet Underground series. But did Ro Fred and Rose West show up in the Lou Reed series? That would be interesting. <laughs> Maybe they did listen to Velvet Underground when they were underground murdering all those people. I feel like they listened to a lot of songs that were like, oh, like that weird, like they had like band music. I got a little bit into like British sort of like pub review music yeah. where it's just like a fat guy with a mustache bum, and like bum, a long bum, skinny bum, lady bum, goes like oh, and they do like tap dance in the middle of yeah. it and they sing covers of Elvis songs <laughs> Ooh, that shit. makes it scarier it's really weird yeah, yeah. it's just Bay City Rollers yes. I guarantee it's Bay City Rollers 100% well I saw a big no it's a big mm. fat guy it was called the number one it was the number one cocktail act Ooh. in the world. And it was just, dude, and he does a three-minute tap breakdown. He's like 55 years old. Joey Schlubbers. He's really good. Yeah, Joey Schlubbers is fantastic. I sent it to Jackie. I'll send it. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> okay, send it later. I'll watch it later. Fantastic. Well, without further ado, let's get into the full story of Britain's most infamous couple, Fred and Rose West. I thought you were going to say Harry and Meghan. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Well, Fred West grew up in the rural Hertfordshire village of Much Merkel. Uh, are you saying it right? March Merkel is March just one. Now, you're going to want to be March Merkel during fall or March. We're yeah. going to get March Merkel in March is actually really, really nice. They also We're going to get the fucking shit out of us when we go to the UK, As soon as we start, every one of these small towns, because they're all... They all sound like this. You want to go to the flower <laughs> festival in Merch Merkel? It's, I think it's. It might be Mooch Merkel. It might be. It's, it it's might match just be Markle. It's ma match. It's match. I saw it. Uh, much, much Markle. Yeah. 
Much Markle. All right, great. In Hertfordshire. In Hertfordshire. Yeah. Population 700 at the time of West's birth in 1941. West was fathered by two absolute ogres named Walter and Daisy and had a nightmarish childhood nestled in the deeply disturbing British countryside. I can't express enough (laughs) how deeply disturbing... The British countryside is. Or really? was. Was it's, back then. It was. Now it's fine. Is it? It's okay. I don't know. We, saw, we saw the whole royal family this fucking week. None of them are looking great. No, they're Even bad. Prince Harry, who's the most genetically viable of all of them, he looks like a fucking. He looks like Bert. But he's what is that? he's what is looking that? less hairy. He's just fucking. He looks like a ballpoint pen. Yeah. What does that have to do with the British countryside, it's though? They're all garbage. <laughs> well, that's the royalty. You can imagine what, what their countryside is. <laughs> What the pumpkins look like. (laughs) Does he only like women named after flowers? Was that all they would name their women after back in the day? Daisy, Rose... Yeah, (laughs) it's whatever they were. It's literally whatever they were squirted into into a field. (laughs) Oh, well, Fred's parents were hideous creatures inside and out. Simple, stupid, and ugly. Henry, I sent you a picture of these people. How would you describe them? It is a you forget. You just forget, because when we first did this series, I didn't really, like, I was distracted. We did our, it was before we really got up in the fucking guts of the material. Yeah. And I, like, this time, his, the whole family are demons. Yeah. Uh, they all look like squat, humpty, humpty dumpty was a landlord. <laughs> Oh, like very scary. Just hey, I'm just going to need dumpy. that money this month, okay? Yeah, he's like, oh, oh to bring, a, to I bring would, a wall in. I would say his parents look like if you separated Shrek into two different people. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. If you took all of the feminine qualities of the male Shrek out <laughs> and made it, because Fred's mother's him with a wig on. Yeah. Yeah. And his father <laughs> is a, an ogre. Absolute fucking yes, ogre. very scary looking. Fantastic. Well, Fred was actually their second child, but the first to survive because Daisy miscarried her first child when a policeman showed up at their door. And since she'd never seen a policeman before, she got startled and lost the baby. She literally went, ah, <laughs> what is that shiny diamond on his chest? Wow. What is that? And it was like, it's a bad, Jordan. It's a bad. <laughs> so that shook her so much she lost the baby. Lost the baby, okay. yeah. Okay. But after Fred, five more children were produced, and at least one child besides Fred was also a raving psychopath. Huh. Say what you will about all of these bumpkins, but they are fertile. And yeah. they just huh. pump and pump and fuck and suck, and I don't understand it how they even get the inspiration. I guess there's nothing going on all day. Yeah, they don't got a lot going like, on. If you a lot of time at, on your hands. If you look at Fred West's mother, at one point, are you like, God damn, I gotta put another baby in that. <laughs> well, I think that it's more about the Robin. The rubbing? They just want to rub. They just went, yeah, it could be, but I think you're also uh, kind of on point when you say they didn't have a lot to do. They're not yeah. very busy. No. Nope. Yeah. yeah. They've got to do something with their time. <sighs> yeah, of course. See, it's been discovered in the years since Fred West was caught that John West, Fred's younger brother, was almost certainly involved in at least a few of the rapes and murders committed by Fred West. This mm. is based on context clues after Fred admitted that there was, quote unquote, another person sometimes involved in the crimes besides Rose. Oh. But since neither John nor Fred West survived long after their arrests, no further tales were told, so there aren't many more details. Mm. That, however, does not mean that there aren't plenty of details about their fucking disgusting upbringing. The eventual family of eight slept in three bedrooms, bathing in a 
tin tub on the porch and shitting in a big bucket that got emptied into a sewage pit every morning. Well, they didn't even have an outhouse. They had a bucket. We can't blame them for being poor. No, it's not about that. It's just, it's just kind of about... This is more about the general atmosphere. This the atmosphere. That creates a personality right. like Fred West. And they but weren't it's... that poor. Okay. They were yeah. country bumpkins, sure, but they weren't like absolute fuck. I mean, they, it, it wasn't the Great Depression. I want to bathe in a big old tub like that, you though, see, that's with a little fine. brush, and then you're just like, <laughs> am I drunk or am I just in a bathtub? Again, <laughs> you just circled all the way back around to insanely rich. Oh, that's like, true. Eventually, you can do that when you're very, very, very rich. <laughs> yeah. it just, it's how you get there. Yeah. Where this is like, it really was like, to be honest, a lifestyle choice. Mm. Yes, it was. Yeah. Fred said that one of his fondest memories of his mother was of her uh, blasting away gigantic rats off of their porch with a shotgun. That was his favorite okay. memory. Besides <laughs> her sucking his dick. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, as far as what Fred's childhood personality was like before things got truly gross, he was said to be a dull child, hmm. introverted and spoiled. No. <laughs> oh, milk. Yeah, more milk. <laughs> but then I think something else we'll get to because Rose West always said, Titties are not for babies. Titties are for fucking. Yep. I mean, that sounds like something you would say. To be yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Again, and not... it just, you just put that mop top wig on me. <laughs> I am Rose West. Yeah. yeah. Well, Fred was, of course, bullied by the other kids and beaten by his teachers, as was the style of the time. Uh-huh. But when his mother stood up for him, he came to be known as a mummy's boy. Okay. Mm. I was a mummy's boy growing up. Oh, well, this reputation as a mummy's boy was actually more true than anyone knew. You were a mummy's boy because your mom took you out of school no, no, and no, took no, you no. to Piggly Wiggly. No, no, no. I want to hear how he relates himself to this because I do. <laughs> Maybe he is a mummy's boy. <laughs> At the age of 12, Daisy West began having sex with her eldest son. Out in the open. <laughs> like it was just chill. He used to just go in. Apparently what she'd do was that she, he'd start sleeping in the bed uh-huh. and then she decided when he was old enough to have sex with. You know, speaking of things coming full circle, when I was in Williamsburg, when I lived here, I saw an eight-year-old breastfeeding on on uh, Metropolitan Avenue. Honestly, that might have so just I been do a, a, think a, a, that there is something in like Goop, in like Gwyneth Paltrow's like, if he's 12, That might have just maybe. been a freaky-ass little person. No, it was a child. <laughs> it was a child and I think he probably got made fun of a lot for sucking his mom's tit in front of the school. But Unless all the other, all his other friends were like nice i mean his mom was cute but okay well i mean that's complicated it is complicated isn't it anyway so she was getting molested yeah by his mother yeah yeah he was getting molested by his mother the thing was is that again it was accepted like it it was was it accepted yeah well let's get into that author howard soons maintains that this wasn't unusual for a small community like butch markle for proof, he cited a late 50s novel set in Gloucester called Cider with Rosie. That's, <laughs> that's, dude, you even wait. Just wait. Another flower name. Yeah. It, it seems from the synopsis to be a nostalgic look at the southwestern British countryside before motor cars and bicycles mucked up their isolated strangeness. This must be the, truly must be the inspiration for things like Royston Vasey, where the whole point of it is this uh. idyllic lifestyle where you go... And you live in the dirt, which is fine again. No problems with that. I get no, it. I'm yeah, an urban hey. person. I understand. I'm a city mouse, so I, uh, I'm allergic to dirt. I understand. But that you go out there, and then it's all about being truly the the joys of being barely educated mm-hmm. and not knowing what's going on, being forced into manual labor at the age of 13 mm-hmm. about how that's good yeah. and about how mummy and father 
intimate times <laughs> are actually also considered to be a part of what families do. Well, I would also mm. argue that we're making the same sorts of stereotypes. We're talking about the same sorts of stereotypes about the British yes. countryside As that American. many people make about the, say, let's say Texas countryside. Absolutely. Although I will say that I did mm. know of at least two families in which sons had sex with mothers. Absolutely. That, but, but the rest of society at least had the good sense to be like, hey, now, <laughs> you should. this should be a shameful secret. Yeah. Like, we all should know this. But it's nice now that like getting to know that and saving people and getting them out of these situations. But there, it was kind of just been like, that's how you raise them. Mm. That's how you raise them up. Well, I mean, let's go through the cast of characters in the book. Fantastic. Colorful British names. Krabby B. Hmm. Albert the Devil. Oh, he's oh. cute. Granny Trill. Spadge Hopkins. Don't let him anywhere near your fucking daughter or your farm animals. Yeah. For some reason, I feel like he would make a great omelet, though. Yeah. Spadge. Hmm. No, yeah. yeah, old yeah. Spadge. Yeah. And my favorite, Cabbage Stump Charlie. Yeah, he was I like him. They called him a hard sort. His yeah. job was he thumps you. Aww. That's what he did. That was his job <laughs> he in town. You. On the head? No, just... thumps you means he beats the shit out of you. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah. But then she said, that's just what he does. Great. <laughs> but amidst the pastoral scenes of Christmas carol singing and five feet of snow and meals consisting of berries and bread. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> berries and bread. The author of Cider with Rosie also wrote of murder, attempted gang rape, and the fact that incest, quote, flourished when the roads were bad. <laughs> Uh, and this custom, okay. he said that the custom was neither seen as normal or abnormal. You'd say, let's call it barely frowned upon. Again, more distasteful. Of a, more, more of a tisk tisk. He's like, yeah. it's fairly neutral. Yeah. <laughs> they, they talk about dude, going out there. They they all talk about there was a guy that was made good that he moved to New Zealand and then he this came. This is insider with Rosie. This is insider with Rosie. And then he moved to New Zealand and then he came back. And the sheer fact that he ever left, I'm just going to call it Royston Basie. The <laughs> fact that he even left it, the town murdered him. Oh. And then when the police came to go and be like, hey, where is this guy we're looking for? No one said anything. And the huh. thing is that in the book, they're all like, and that's the simplicity of it all. Well, it's a novel. That's how it all must That's what sim. But the whole point was it's all yeah. been like, Simpler time. Well, he shouldn't have gone back. <laughs> he should have stayed in New Zealand, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Now, to be fair, the author of Cider with Rosie, Lori Lee, he was writing more about cousins having sex with each other rather than mothers and sons. Oh, sure. But as the British say, in for a penny, in for a pound. You're fucking your son. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, they did talk about, they do have that one thing where all the boys were fighting about who'd get to sleep in mummy's bed. Yeah. And then when one was, they basically would switch in the new oldest one mm -hmm. into the bed where the oh, old, once yeah. the oldest one was able to go work, it would stop sucking on mommy in the bed. But Great. then the next one would get in there and be like, oh, giddy. He'd be like, oh, get to sleep. Oh, get to sleep with mommy now. Mm -hmm. All right. Real lucky lady yeah. there. At the end of the day, these children were being molested. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Very much so. Now, the West family never confirmed for sure that Fred had sex with his mother. But Fred's father was open and proud about how many young girls he'd abused. Oh, yes. He told Fred that abusing children was natural, something that every man had the right to do. And Fred internalized this claim completely. Even after he was caught sexually assaulting girls as a teenager, he was bewildered that anyone would care, mm. maintaining that, quote, everybody did it. I, it is really wild because that was his comment. It was like, I thought everybody did this. Yeah. And well, it's it, what I'm talking about with culture of abuse. Right. Yeah. And it's really interesting, too, how every single one of the documentaries start with like, Fred West, he was a jovial sort. Everybody <laughs> loved, quick with the world, 
Oh, and keep casual with the small, and everybody loved him. But also, an expert at molestation. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jesus, everyone I'm, did I love him. I feel like you should flip it. Yeah, I think, yeah. I feel like it should be first if he's an expert molester. Well, you don't start with, like, Jared Fogel could sell the fuck out of a sandwich. <laughs> no, you start with pedophile Jared Fogel. <laughs> could sell the fuck out of a sandwich. <laughs> well, that is true. He could, I guess. Now, by 15, Fred left school barely able to read or write above a second grade level. And even though most in town considered him a crude and abusive bumpkin, others thought that this ghoul was one of the best looking boys in town. It's not He good. may have been. Oh, no. I maybe. That's like it's, saying, not, it's an indictment on everybody else in the town. It's yeah. like basically, that's like our credit as probably some of the best looking podcasters in the business. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We've seen our people. Yeah. And as it was, Fred West may have stayed a simple creep on the criminal level for the rest of his life like his father, never coming close to murder. Mm. But when he was 17, he was riding a motorcycle trying to intentionally ram it into a girl when he went flying over the handlebars and suffered a nice little head injury that resulted in a seven-day coma. Yeah, that is also the horrible, not to, I'm just going to be a little jokey here, but if you're going to run over someone, you got to use a car. <laughs> because yeah, exactly. a motorcycle, like you're actually very much at risk of also getting hurt. Yeah. He's not a very smart person. He, no. Fred West has the same exact IQ as Forrest Gump. They said this in the in <laughs> Is that right? Yes. He but was he didn't have the nice heart, and Forrest never had sex with his beautiful mother. Well, no, mm. no, he didn't. No, but his mother really cared about Forrest's education. Mm -hmm. She did. Yeah. And Forrest had a great soul. Yeah. He's <laughs> immune to AIDS. <laughs> yes, I think so, actually. Now, that head injury from the motorcycle incident, that might have been enough to put Fred West <sighs> in the serial killer with a head injury hall of fame. But not too long after the motorcycle accident, he fell from the second story of a building and landed head first, again losing consciousness. Did he not have walls? How did he fall? He, he, was, he, was trying to, he was trying to grab at a girl and she punched him and he fell backwards over a railing. Uh, they were on a fire escape. He fell backwards over a railing and boom, head first And also, again. for anyone who watches Animal House, it's a fantastic comedy. But it's, if you do those things in real life... It's crime. It's a crime. And All then you the get things John Belushi gets punched in the head yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he falls over and has brain damage. And then we don't know what happens to Bluto after college. <laughs> he becomes a senator. <laughs> no, it's in the end of the movie. Remember, he becomes a senator. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. When Fred woke up, people said he was even more short-tempered and irritable than he was before. And the disconnect from humanity that sometimes results from head injuries when the brain is still developing, that became complete. I also, uh, it's kind of funny because, again, several documentaries were like, one of the most unfortunate circumstances of that motorcycle accident was it definitely was a detriment to Fred West's good looks. Oh, <laughs> like, really? Like, it shortened his nose. That's what they keep saying. And you're like, I don't. He was never good looking. <laughs> he looked ghoulish from the time of birth. I sent Henry a picture of, like, I a mean, baby photo. <laughs> Evil. Rise from your grave. A roast as dark as the night. Perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes. He's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of Spring Hill Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? 
She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Now, around the time that Fred got a double whammy to the frontal cortex, he met a 16-year-old Scottish girl named Rena Costello at a dance in Much Markle when Fred was around 18 years old. Rena was another late 50s juvenile delinquent, and after she was sent to the 1958 Scottish version of Juvenile Hall for petty theft, she escaped to England and met Fred West. Yay! Now, sort of like Caroline Fugit, Rena Costello was impressed by Fred West's horrible behavior. Mm -hmm. She believed his far-fetched tough guy stories, like when he told her he came back from the dead after his motorcycle accident when the cold marble of the mortician slab jolted him awake. And he kept okay. saying that he, he would do this a lot, where he'd own multiple businesses, mm -hmm. that he was a millionaire, and he could do all of this shit. And it, uh, it just, uh, no, I wasn't. No. Definitely didn't have any of that. Okay. Well, taking him at his word, Rena went hard on the relationship immediately, tattooing Fred's name into her arm with a sewing needle and black India ink. Oh, that's a cool tattoo, Fred. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> nice. Oh, yes, definitely. Fred was here. Everybody loves the whole world to know a man mm, named yeah. Fred ate my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but soon after Fred's second head injury, he and Rena's fighting got more frequent, and she returned to Scotland for two years. Meanwhile, Fred West, 
Christ, now 19, he began a sexual relationship with a 13-year-old girl and had gotten arrested for, quote, having unlawful carnal knowledge of a child. Because, of course, she became pregnant. I hate oh, the term unlawful God. carnal knowledge. It's awful. Because it really should be, like, that's how we feel about, like, pizza. <laughs> like, I have an unlawful <laughs> carnal knowledge of the levels of burrito in Los Angeles. Yeah. That's yeah, where yeah, I think yeah. it should be served for, not just for having, not for molesting a child. You can say the rape of a child. Yeah. You can just say that. Yeah, you can just say that. Yeah. But once it came time to testify, the girl decided against it, and Fred walked free for the first of many times to come. Hmm. Limped free. Because yeah. he had a permanent limp. <laughs> That's right. But between the trial and the arrest, though, Fred had rightfully gained a reputation in his village as a child molester, a petty thief, and a violent, volatile, brain-damaged creep. I tell you, the worst thing of all, he also said I was bad at pool. <laughs> yeah, that is bad. Anyway, I'm opening up a new sandwich shop. I need a pitch man. <laughs> you think you can do it, Fred? I don't know. I'm actually pretty busy with molesting. Oh, okay. In addition, the jobs he'd been doing on farms around the countryside were all being replaced by automation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, no. I mean, it's, it's sad for the rest of them. Yeah, for the rest. Yes, yeah, it's true. For the rest of them. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why my hometown, the fucking Rochester, is just completely fucking dead now. It's all rocks. Automation. All, but now it, there's so much opportunity for growth because it's all the there's businesses are dead and everyone's left. <laughs> People are still there. They're trying. It's hard. We had a call in on open lines on Sirius Radio. Thanks for everyone who listens from a gal in Lubbock. She said everything's going great. Well, Lubbock's different. Lubbock is two and a half hours away and it's a town of 300,000 people. I'm talking about a town of 200 people That's in right. the middle of nowhere. I forgot you're That's outside where I'm it's a, from. It's a town of only a bowling league. Somebody please <laughs> fix it online. I'm not from Lubbock, Texas. I'm from Rochester, Texas. Hey, man. Hey. Hey, whoa. Hey, wow. Geography's whoa. important, us Texans. No, we know I know that. that. We know that. Oh, my God. We I know that for a certain. Don't even question it. Yeah. It's the same as, it's honestly the same as the British. They're all the same. Because <laughs> they they, it's like the direct line from it. They're all like, I know, I'm from Debbyshire. I don't know. I'm going to have Rippershire. Absolutely. Oh, how dare you ever confuse this is like, I'm from flipping on flipping. We can have conversations about the difference between a West Texas accent and an East Texas accent later. Yes. I know. I watched No Country for Old Men once again. And after you pointed out that the lady didn't have a good Texas accent, mm -hmm. Then I started to listen to it, but I still can't tell the difference. It's <laughs> just a terrible, terrible Texas accent. But anyway, after automation killed all the jobs in Fred's hometown, he moved to the town of Ledbury and did odd manual labor jobs in construction. This was the work he'd do for the rest of his life, and the skills he learned would later be used to build a torture dungeon in his cellar with his wife, Rosemary. And it's very bizarre, odd manual labor jobs. Go put that baseball cap on the mailbox. Fifteen minutes later, take it off. That is odd. It is, <laughs> it is quite odd. odd. That is really, wow, that is great. Yep. That is Go really fucking great. walk in a circle for five minutes in the parking lot, put the baseball hat back on the mailbox. Fifteen minutes later, take it off. I don't really understand why my daily labor has to be a series of riddles. <laughs> Well, construction work also gave West more opportunities to steal, which would garner him dozens of arrests over the years. Fred West was a definite kleptomaniac. Okay. But despite all the horrific facts concerning what this 19-year-old monster was up to, Rena Costello returned from Scotland when she turned 18, pregnant from an affair with a bus driver. That's because all the romance happens in Glasgow. Yeah, man. <laughs> and that bus driver moved to... 
Springfield, Illinois, and it became Otto. <laughs> Get on in the car, boys. Perfect. We don't know Otto's backstory. And no, and we know. don't know what state Springfield's in either. It's a perennial joke on the I show. believe it is Illinois. No, they've never named it. They've never I named know it. he hasn't named it. Oh, they have a sea. They're near the sea, which is weird because Illinois doesn't have any seas. Interesting. I don't give a fuck. The lakes are actually quite big over there. <laughs> That's why I like South Park better. I know where it is. It's in Colorado. They're not trying to lie. <laughs> Now, when Fred discovered that the child was going to be born mixed race because the father was of Pakistani descent, he convinced Rita to not only abort the child, but to allow Fred to perform the abortion himself out in the woods. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I don't need some kind of, I don't need your villa. All right, I don't need to get some dacta in here. Oh, I can do more sap. You're going to do it? This is the problem with every, I found some snippets of Fred West. He can't understand a single fucking word that he says. No. It's just all one lesson that one thing I hear he says, the thing about money, you got workman's hands. Oh, it's Australian. I, workman's <laughs> hands. Right, I could take a spanner. It's like, I like, I can whip a knuckle off a screw without a spanner. Mm-hmm. Or, because it wow. wouldn't take very much for me to choke it down. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really impressive there, Fred. How'd the abortion go? Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. What do you gotta do? <laughs> strange kind of Italian. I also found out that like out in uh, west of um, or in Hertfordshire, they also have a, a saying it's like Gert Gushel. Or something know. like, what did I, I tell you? Yeah, I, said, I don't know. You said a like, thing. And yeah. we just, we're just all different. Yeah. <laughs> we're just all different. And yeah. different. we just, again, we're not better. We're just different. We're mm-hmm. different. Absolutely. Yeah. Gert Lush. Gert Lush. I don't know yeah, what that we, means. It means very good. Oh, sure. Yeah, Gert so when Lush. You, when you like That's not how they say it. Oh, yeah, man. when you like something, you say Gert Lush. We're going to get chased I don't mind down it. the street. <laughs> I'm actually fine with it. Gert Lush, Gert Lush. I'm just see that be my last words. No, you literally, <laughs> it's going to mean it's something offensive. You yeah. said it wrong. We exactly. definitely are saying it incorrectly. Sure. Now, the plan for the homemade abortion was to do it amongst the trees while a friend of theirs acted as a lookout. But, but while- he was just looking in with ah, a telescope from yeah. too far away. I see. But while Fred was in the process, someone thankfully spotted them and called the cops before he really got into it. And so Fred agreed to raise the child once it was born. And by November of 1962, Fred and Rena were married. Yay. Yeah, because I can't imagine that she was going to live if he committed uh, or if he went through with the abortion. Because I can't imagine he really knew what he was doing. Uh, well, it might be a lie, but... Fred West did claim that he was a an amateur abortion doctor, and what? Wait, I don't. I mean, some some Indy, things you have to go please, pro. At. It is yeah, you Indy have, I, abortion doctor. Yeah. Please, well, I mean, but but on the other hand, yeah, he might have been lying about that. But friends of his did see that he had the implements for it. Uh, he had an oxyacetylene burner. He had a length of tubing with a corkscrew at the end yeah. of it. Uh, have you right, seen Mirror Drake? Know. Vera Drake. I never saw Vera Drake. Vera Drake is what we used to play a drinking co- game in college. We did. We played Vera Drake, and it's all about a small town abortion woman, right, doing this thing. And we we played a drinking game, but every time she says, "All right, drop your knickers," we would take a drink. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but it's very like it's all. It's rough, man. It's really rough. He had all of the stuff again. It's like I mean, again, anybody. If you got three microphones, you got yourself a podcast. I don't know. If you though, have I, all of the implements, if you go buy all of the stuff, anybody can say they're an abortionist. When I was in seventh grade, I had an Alonzo Morning jersey and Charlotte Hornet shorts, and I wore basketball shoes. I wasn't on the team. <laughs> That's so very true. Know. Again, there's a bar for entry there. <laughs> yeah. Dress up. I think you may have just been dressing up. Mm-hmm. 
Now, right after Fred and Rena got married, Fred immediately began treating her as a sex object rather than a fellow human being, brutally and forcefully demanding sex at all times. However, an important fact to remember about Fred West, always remember this, was that he was a chronic premature ejaculator. Burn in there. Burn it in there. Yep, good. Mm. Mm. Oh, yep. He was a bit of a Dillinger. Okay. Every single time, Fred would be done in seconds, which was only the smallest of mercies for the women subjected to his assaults. But even though life was bad for everyone involved, things only got worse when Rena gave birth in March of 1963 to a girl they called Charmaine. Now, even though Fred was fine with having a reputation as a psychopath, he didn't want to be seen as having a mixed-race child. That would be embarrassing. Yeah. Right, that's the problem. So he and Rena told neighbors that she'd miscarried and the mixed-race baby had been adopted as a replacement. Okay. Now, Fred, of course, hated the child and left Rena for a new life in Glasgow where Fred said he found his way into the Scottish underworld and worked as a pimp. Oh, God, the Scottish (laughs) underworld is all just between hairy knees under a kilt. Yes, indeed. Well, I think Glasgow is a place you could fit right in. They like to fight. They like to drink. They like to overall be horrible. I love Glasgow. I love Love that city. Oh, I'm not saying these are bad things. Glasgow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you say Glasgow, they'll fucking hang you. They'll string you up. Yeah? Glasgow. (laughs) What are you going to do? They might kill you. They're not going to kill me. Yeah, John John Kerry. We'll find out. We got two weeks. John Kerry said Glasgow once, and they never let him forget it. Amen. The thing is, and that's why every time you see him, you got to ask him why the long face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's got a long face, you old horse head. Yeah, you really got that guy. Yep. Yes, indeed. Well, years later, Fred would maintain that he still had a, quote-unquote, Scottish connection. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Same thing that Gacy would say. I know a guy. I know guys. I know guys. I know I know guys. guys. Yeah. Because, again, it's all about they wanting to appear big and tough. Yeah. Right. Fred West has always been like this. It's also with the abortion angle, like his thing about being obsessed with abortions, you'll see this come up in time and time again. There's something about him that loves this clinical expression yeah. of yeah. like it's like he's more again because he's already calm yeah like no matter what he's done he's already calm always so everything's all like clinical and looking at it that's actually almost even worse too so all of his crimes come after he's come yeah and he's Uh-oh. kind of and he's kind of on a different sort of level because you see a lot of these other serial killers it's very childlike what they do with Fred West, it's not no. like it, it is. He, you're right. He does. He looks at it like a, from a clinical level, like, like a, if it's like a DMV abortionist. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! But in reality, instead of having Scottish connections in Glasgow, Fred drove a yellow Mister Whippy ice cream truck. Oh, cool! Ah. Uh, but this did not mean that Fred's time in Glasgow was any less nefarious. No, oh, yeah, I don't think that he just likes ice cream. No. Fred became known as a man who would try to entice teenage girls into his ice cream van. It's unknown how often he was successful, nor is it known how bad things got once a girl was in there. Regular sweet tooth, that's disgusting. I hate mixing uh, the pleasures of life, such as ice cream, with horrible incidents of crime. Good. Mm. (laughs) I think that's good. I don't like that. What we do know is that Rena eventually joined Fred back in Scotland. Hmm. She was soon pregnant again, albeit this time with Fred's child, and gave birth to another girl named Anna Marie. But it's also in Glasgow where it is almost certain that Fred began his career as a serial killer. Hmm. See, Fred and Rena lived in a stretch of tenement buildings, and each end of the street had garden plots where families could grow vegetables when times got tough. Hmm. Fred, however always kept one plot clear, saying that he was keeping it for something special. A carousel. A carousel. <laughs> As such, when Fred West was living in Glasgow, at least four young girls that we know of fitting Fred's victim type disappeared. Uh-oh. 
If we look at Fred's later MO, it's suspected that he murdered girls in his ice cream van and dismembered them in his garden shed, then buried the corpses in his special garden plot. See, in my, I would also say he probably just buried them because I also know when he picked up later on his skill of dismembering, like he got quote unquote good at it. Well, that's what I mean is that that's why I think that he, he did dismember them because in a cruder fashion than he would do later practicing. on. Yeah. Yeah. He'd done it four times by the time the first, by the time investigators uh, got to see the actual first body, yeah. um, he'd already most likely done it at least four times, maybe more. Yikes. We, we have no idea. And so all of that was with the soundtrack of the ice cream truck. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. and you know how many people, how many children have died hearing. I put like seven dozen. Now you might ask why nobody. And then just death. We just just dozens of deaths. Now you might ask why nobody has gone and dug up the garden in the years since Fred's capture. But right after Fred West left Scotland, the entire area was bulldozed, and today. 13 lanes of traffic cover the area where the bodies may have been buried. Hmm. Now, while Fred was living in Glasgow, he fathered two sons named Stephen and Gareth with two different women. They'll come back later. Rita, meanwhile, was also stepping out, sleeping with another bus driver named John McLaughlin. She had you a type. Say, yeah, you could say I have a type. Yeah. <laughs> I like them big, yellow, full of kids. <laughs> you like bus drivers? Yeah. Yes. Eventually, Fred and John McLaughlin got into an actual knife fight over Rena. But after the fight ended in a draw. What? Did they just declare a draw? <laughs> yeah, buddy. You know what? Man, what are we just, just poke me. Just poke me. <laughs> you just stab me. You just poke me a little bit. Well, Fred slashed the other guy in the stomach. The other guy, John McLaughlin, punched Fred and then went, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. All right, Yeah. Very Scottish. Yeah. But after that fight, Rena left with the bus driver temporarily and covered the old India ink tattoo that said Fred with one that said John. <laughs> that's a that's well. Oh, that's, ooh, right. ooh, that's, that's a tight change. That's a tough. Uh, I would imagine I mean, it just said Fron. Yeah, I also, <laughs> yeah. Look, to me, if like this is like, this is for the ladies of the men out there, right? Side stories lpotl at gmail.com. If you want to, if you got a, a name of somebody you've been fucking, right? Or you've dated for a long time or you married on your arm stuff, would you not try to get like somebody like like fuck with somebody named like sled? Yeah. So you only got to like do like two of the words? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to or just try to find somebody with the same name and we, we see the breakup going on with Balboa. Rocky. He Sylvester a, Stallone. Balboa. It was over the dog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was it over the dog? Anyway, he replaced a picture of his wife on his arm with the picture of the dog. Wow. Isn't oh. that crazy? Fighting words. I was like, dang. Wow. It's very serious. That's intense. This is kind of, right? Well, eventually, Rena returned to Fred, but there were still two kids to take care of. Yeah, what's happening with these kids? The God, kids? No one gives a fucking shit about Somebody needs to care a little bit. Well, what Fred would do over the years is when there wasn't a woman around to take care of the kids, he'd just dump them into foster care. Yeah. Uh, they were in and out of foster homes. Oh, wow. They were in and out of uh, orphanages. He'd pick. He'd basically call like whatever the version of CPS was. It'd be like, come get them. I'm done with them. And then they'd come Ugh. and scoop them. And then he'd go and fight to get them back. And then they'd 
be there. And then, honestly, a lot of times he just left them alone in the house. They mm-hmm. just let them just sit there and fend for themselves and, uh, like, literally live amongst trash, find their own food. They, they just were kind of left to be feral. Because there's four kids, right? Uh, there's two at this point. Oh, yeah. just two. Okay. I mean, he's fathered four. He's fathered three children. There are two in his household right okay. now. One of them is not his and one of them is his. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it is. It's like Henry, or it's like we were saying, you know, Henry talking about how filthy the house is. It's the filthiest people alive. Yes, like it's the they tr- really it's are. the real version of that. Sounds like a real modern family. <laughs> mm, very good. <laughs> well, because there were two kids to take care of, Rena hired a live-in nanny named Issa McNeil. And from what Issa said, Fred made his two girls sleep in a bottom bunk, which had slats that pinned them in like animals, and they'd only be let out when he was at work. Oh yeah, and he would do this later with. Uh, uh, his other kids, once him and Rosemary, uh, were married. Eventually, though... Well, once they started their independent business. Yes, their, yeah, their independent business venture, yes. Mm. Well, eventually, Issa introduced Rena to a 16-year-old runaway named Anna McFall, and McFall moved in as well. This became a tactic for Fred West, gathering people on the outskirts of society into his home to use them as he pleased. And later, Rose West would happily join in, and Uh-oh. in fact would act as bait. Now, around the same time that Anna moved in, Fred ran over and killed a young boy while he was driving his Mr. Whippy this van. This is on the Jesus. books. This is just one he just did like, on, on the side. No, no, no. I mean, it was probably an accident. Who knows? But it's on record. It's okay. Fred West. Fred West provably ran over a little boy with his ice cream truck. Oh, my goodness. But curiously, according to Howard Soons, fatal accidents involving children and ice cream vans were fairly common in Glasgow. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> I guess so. Glasgow. As such, the death was... Ra- yeah, I said Glasgow accidentally. It's just, wow. it's just there. You we're know just why? Get the- you know why? Because we used to say Moscow. That's why. I don't say Moscow a lot. I never say Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know how Moscow is pronounced? Moscow. Ah, interesting. Well, as such... Since so many kids were getting run over by fucking ice cream trucks. Isn't it interesting? It isn't. It really isn't, actually. (laughs) The death was ruled accidental, and Fred wasn't charged. But since Fred was an obvious psychopath who had now killed a boy using the same ice cream truck he'd used to lure possible murder victims, Mm. he decided it was time to quit Scotland and Uh. return to his home village of Much Markle. I've lost my taste for popsicles. (laughs) I guess so. Rena soon followed with her two kids, along with Issa McNeil and Anna McFall. And before long, the entire unit moved to Gloucester, where Fred would spend the rest of his natural life. But that first home, it was a caravan. Yeah. Four adults, two small children uh-huh. living in the British equivalent of a mobile home. Sure. Okay. Like, and we're not even talking, well, I'm not talking about like a trailer house. I'm talking about a mobile home. I've seen the new van life. I've seen little homes, yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine. Yeah, but things were always tense and always filthy. Well, again, it's just it's it's more. How do you put it? Animalistic. Mm-hmm. Fred West was a true like that's like one of the first people in like as we talk about certain criminals, the way we describe them is that like he's like an animal. Yeah, like he is very base. He's very uh. That's what they always said. The, the word crude comes up again and again and yeah. again because he'd always be like he's always a grabby guy. He'd honk your tits. He'd grab your butt. He would just be like he was always Sounds saying like George, disgusting uh, George H W Bush. Hey man, what a David Copperfield. God yeah. damn it! Will you ever? 
ever will you two ever let this he go? He did it. He, <laughs> he did brought it. it up. Well, he brought it up. David, he brought it up. He loved it. It was his favorite joke. But <laughs> it's, President. It, it's one of those things where he always like I just like just disgusting, and he and so everyone is periphery just kind of ended up living like that because he was the head of the household. He was a true beast. Yeah. Like that's a, right. that's the best word to describe him. Now, once Fred arrived in Gloucester in 1966, he got a job at a slaughterhouse, which we somewhat misinterpreted on our first run at this subject. Back then, we quoted Colin Wilson, who said that the slaughterhouse helped develop a morbid obsession with corpses, blood, and dismemberment Mm. in West's psyche. Mm. But in reality, Fred West was a truck driver for the local abattoir. He collected the carcasses of dead animals from local farms and loaded all of the offal into 40-gallon drums. God, it's even worse. Someone's (laughs) got to do it. Uh, Yes, of course, but I'm just... uh, Yeah, I'm not saying it's like... I'm not throwing shade on the job. It's more just like... It's that level of like... You need somebody to scrape up your fucking corpses? Yeah. That's what I'll fucking do in our life. (laughs) It's just a job. Well... That's the thing, is that Fred had already most likely murdered at least four women. Jeez. So it's likely that working with the dead was just all too comfortable for Fred West by 1966. Right. Now, Rena continued seeing bus driver John McLaughlin long distance, and she began forming plans to leave Fred and head back north with the kids and the nannies. Hmm. But when Fred returned home from work unexpectedly to find everyone packing up, he threatened to kill every single one of them. As a result, Rena and Issa escaped and left the children behind, lest Fred do something permanent. Oh, my goodness. Also, I did learn, and I believe it to be true, wheelchair fellow from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Fra- Franklin? They say it is a sausage, and it's human sausage. He bought it from the Sawyer's gas station. Whoa! Yes, because there's a picture from the side. It looks like a sausage. I got a DM from a fan. They said it's human sausage that they bought from the gas station. Wow! I actually still think, well... Interesting. Isn't that, that something, though? That but anyway, is, it's, it's a theory. I'll go ahead and say that is something. It's that cool, is right? something. Yeah. So the whole time he's gnawing <laughs> on someone's toe. Honestly, it sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, even though Issa and Rena, even though they left and left the kids behind, Anna McFall decided to stay behind to take care of the children. Okay. And that was a decision that would ultimately prove fatal to the 16-year-old runaway. Oh, Now, from what Issa later said, Anna was infatuated with Fred, and she thought that he would provide a better life for her once everyone else was gone. There must have been something to this guy. No, there's nothing. There must have been. She was infatuated. And not in the same way that we're infatuated by Chris Farley and John Candy. It's, again, it's the culture of abuse. You know, some Uh. people fall into that. They fall into that uh, cycle of, you know, abuse equals love. And and they get closer to the person. Because they think if they get closer to them. They'll love me. They'll love me, Mm. and they won't hurt me. Gotcha. It's uh, dealing it's with bullies forever, yeah. forever. So you just—that's the idea. So he's a bully, and yeah. you're trying to end your cycle of abuse. You're trying to end. So you think that if you get in there with, if you ingratiate yourself mm-hmm. to the bully, that it can help you. But in the end, you're just encouraging the behavior. It ain't yeah. gonna happen. And indeed, when Rena returned for the children, he found that Fred and Anna were in a relationship. But of course, this meant nothing to Fred West. It's thought that he committed at least eight sexual assaults between 1965 and 1967. And it's suspected that he may have murdered a 15-year-old boy who was found naked and dead in a shed near some porno magazines that had drawings of nooses around the model's necks. You know, there's so many things attached to him. And he was always like this. He's always, the only way he knew how to express himself 
to any woman, especially women, was fucking grabbing him. Like, yeah. He just grabbed him. Like, but he you know, also, but he was killing men too, boys too. I don't know. Well, I, I, maybe he fucking honestly, he's, he sounds like he'll just kill anything. He's a he's very dangerous. Let's put it this way: he was very dangerous. It sounds yeah. like it. Well, the reason why they think he may have killed the boys because they worked. I think they worked at the slaughterhouse together, and it wasn't too far away. Like the shed wasn't too far away. He was originally uh, mm. billed as a suicide, but then once Fred West was caught, and investigators started looking at like, okay, let's look and let's look at what. What happened at every place this guy lived for the, his entire life, and they found they just a kept, bunch of corpses. They just everywhere. kept finding corpses everywhere. everywhere. Okay, yeah. But the first known murder in Fred West's history came after Anna McFall got pregnant in the spring of 1967. Now Anna's pregnancy was in fact illegal because she was 17 and Fred was 26. And indeed, a social worker was alerted and a report was filed. But no follow-up was made. Again, man, I got a great sandwich shop. Now, we are looking for a spokesperson that can really, we got a new sub. It's called a tuna sub, but it's not tuna. Uh, my thing is, though, my whole weekend, I'd love to come and sample it so I can get to know, so I can no. pitch him quick. I'd love it. If I could, if I could just come down and get some of these samples, if I could get yeah. half of these sandwiches, something like that, that'd be really, really good. Um, but honestly, most of the time, I'm fucking chickens in the shed. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I kind of got to do that. I got to get that done first. That's my Saturday, Sunday, Monday, great. Tuesday. Great. To Wednesday, I could sneak by. Great. And, and, you know, as far as, you know, no follow-ups being made, you know, this I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't say it's justified, I, but I would say it's somewhat understandable because post-World War II, England was a fucking mess. Yeah, right. It was extremely poor. Uh, nobody knew what the fuck was going on. They were trying to rebuild an mm. entire country, and a lot of people fell through the fucking cracks. A All lot right. of people. But... Anna McFall disappeared from the caravan park where she and Fred lived in July of 1967 for reasons that are still unclear to this day outside of armchair forensic psychology. Mm. Now, we do know that Fred and Anna fought often because Fred refused to get divorced from Rena to marry Anna. Most likely, though, Fred snapped and stabbed her to death. And considering how expertly the body was dismembered, it is almost certain that this was not Fred's first foray into butchery. Yeah, he had acquired a skill. Yeah. I don't know if it also came from just being a country person, because you guys, you have rendered deer, right? And, yeah. And, and cattle. And they say that it's the same thing. It's that you kind of just cut the meat around the joint. Yeah. You get down to the center of the joint, it, and then you, you just pop it out. Pop it out. Yeah. And Marcus, like, Marcus did all of that while openly weeping. <laughs> yeah, he really was the was poet. Sweet. That's how they knew. Yeah. No, yeah. they called me tenderhearted. Yeah. yeah. He don't like to dismember the pig. <laughs> now, Marcus is weird, weird boy, but he don't dismember no pig with no smile. But I tell you what, we put that we put a watermelon <laughs> in the microwave for 15 minutes. Marcus have at it for a half an hour. You love it. I will say this, though. I did not enjoy killing anything, but dismembering, I had absolutely no problem with he it. He loves it. Marcus like it too much, actually. <laughs> I don't necessarily love it, but you know, you give me a fucking basket of doves. Yeah, I'll rip the heads off all those, rip all the fuck, you know, rip it's all great. the wings it's and great. the it's feathers great. off. And, He's like a know, terror. Get them right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little corgi butt. No, you got to eat them because you get that fucking, do you get that dove breast. I like that. And I you don't put, like and you put a fucking, you know, jalapeno up in there and you wrap it in it's bacon. A, it's supposed to be, it's supposed actually, to be a harbinger really of peace and it's supposed to let you know the war is done. And, yeah, man. And well, technically, those doves should have fought harder because actually warriors for peace should be stronger than those that want more. I agree with that, but again, the dub didn't do anything wrong. So. No, no, it didn't. Yeah, well, going off of Fred's later MO, we can assume that Fred killed and dismembered Anna McFall in his caravan, where he would be comfortable and mm. undisturbed. As far as where the kids were, 
most likely in a foster home okay. at this point. One of the many times they were in foster homes. Now, when the body of Anna McFall was finally discovered in 1994 in a place called Finger Post Field outside <laughs> of Much Markle, police found a fully dismembered and beheaded corpse. Wow. Later, Fred said that he dismembered the women he killed because once he dismembered them, he'd only have to dig a small hole instead of a coffin-sized grave. So he was working smart, not hard. <laughs> I guess... However, the evidence tells a different story concerning his motivations and dismemberment. I always find this interesting about, uh, I like the term, again, Catherine Ramsland, extreme offender. Yeah. Right? They does serial yeah. murder, right? Mm -hmm. But th it is interesting mm -hmm. because there's always aspects, so for, with, you know, with many of them, that they're totally okay with talking about. Yeah. Right, and they'll talk about the details of crimes. BTK is a perfect example. Talking about, right. But then there are certain things that just just won't admit yeah. out loud. And this is one of those that Fred just cannot admit that he took trophies. Yeah. Or interesting. there's some form of cannibalism happening. Oh, mm -hmm. interesting. It's like Ken Bianchi. The only thing he's upset about is that he wet, wet the, the bed. bed. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you wet the bed. He's like, no, you tell everyone I murdered those women. You mentioned <laughs> that I wet the bed. I'm embarrassed. Yep. Isn't that bizarre? Mm -hmm. It is. Well, as Fred would do time and again, he sliced off the fingers and toes and took them somewhere along with the huh. ankle and wrist bones. Now, Fred claimed that he removed the fingers and toes to make identification more difficult. But what's more likely is that fingers, toes, and later, bizarrely enough, kneecaps were Fred's favorite trophies. Maybe it's because you can play Yahtzee with no, all of them. What the hell is going on? I mean, I know finger bones, you can make dice out of those. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Okay, um, rolling bones. Yeah, but kneecaps, I have no idea. But for some reason, all, all of them were missing their kneecaps. Kneecaps just so sound like goth yarmulkes. Yeah. Ooh, kind of fun. <laughs> so his trophies weren't jewelry. No, they were they body were parts. body parts. Straight up body parts, Dang. yeah. But lest ye forget, Anna McFall was also pregnant. West cut out the fetus, most likely after Anna was killed. Didn't need to do that, but he did it anyway. Richard Chase of him. Yeah. Yeah. However, concerning Anna McFall, her disappearance was never even reported, much less investigated. Wow. She was a runaway from a troubled home, and when former West nanny, Issa McNeil, never heard from her again, she assumed McFall had found a new life in England, somewhere, somehow. Oh, That's, yeah. It's so people convenient always, for them. Oh, know? yeah, because people always go hmm? from a trailer park. They always just disappear to England and become hmm. a, a movie star. Oh, hmm. she just She found a new there. life. We don't even have to look for her anymore we don't even because have to she look found a new her. life. No. Turns out she's getting dressed by cartoon mice. Yeah. yeah. And she does have an evil stepmother, but she's going to find a prince. I mean, back then, yeah, people were a lot more transient. People would sure. disappear and you'd yeah, never but I hear think from they again. they just ended up in graves. Yeah. No Most one. Part. How many people actually like went to Hollywood? They still say 90. I think the, the actual statistic is 90% of people die within 10 miles of where they were born. So it is very, like, most of the time, you don't leave. Most of the time, that's where you're dead. Yeah, maybe. Circle of life. Now, after Fred West murdered Anna McFall, Rena inexplicably moved back in, possibly because her affair with the bus driver ended and she had nowhere else to go. While Fred took the night shift of the flower and animal feed plant, Rena did sex work, which Fred highly encouraged. He loved it. In fact, Fred would show his peers and co-workers naked pictures of his wife as if to somehow impress them. It's always weird. I, you still run into these guys. You still well, sure. do. At the bar, I, this happened to me recently, sitting in a bar by myself where a guy's like, hey, look at this. And it was just like a picture of his fucking naked wife on there. And it was just like, it's like, what is happening? They're going, they're just, he's proud of her. Yeah. I know. But you just met me. Yeah. 
I don't know. I would imagine, knowing what we know about the seedier side of British life, some dudes are into it. Yeah, some I get it. Oh, like, I get it. I get wink, it. wink, wink. That's great. Cool. Nudge, nudge. No to me. No yeah. to me. <laughs> you want to bang around? You know, because he's probably, it's probably a cuck thing. Yeah. He probably wants you to have sex with his wife. Yeah. He does, but mm-hmm. we'll get into that uh, on episode two. Oh, fantastic. Um, oh, my God. Tell me he's not an early ejaculating cuck. What a nightmare audience no, member he is. Again, he is mm-hmm. a entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, okay. yeah. And it's I, there's, I think, a difference between cuck and voyeur, because I think cuck, you need to be in the room. Yeah, going, yes. yeah, get her, Rodney. Yeah. No, you or it's sh- just like the other one, it's like, yeah, <laughs> the other one's, you're, look, you're peering through a hole in the wall. Ooh, yeah. Like the Riddler in the beginning of the Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, voyeur. Now, around the time that Rena returned, Fred kidnapped a young woman named Mary Bastom from a bus stop and killed her. Although we don't know how or where. Jeez. Fred admitted this one to his son, Stephen, after his arrest. But since Mary's body was not found in any of Fred's grave sites, we can assume there were more locations that he didn't give up to investigators. Do you think he straight up forgot? Because he just killed so many effing people? Could yeah, be. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, God. As it was around this time, Fred West met his second <sighs> wife. How does he keep on getting fucking women? <laughs> There's just so many. Oh, man. All right, so this is the one. Oh, yeah. That would be his future partner in crime, then known as Rosemary Letts. Now, much like much Markle, the town where Rosemary was raised was small and isolated, a place called Northam. But like Fred West, Rosemary came from a background that we could describe lightly as troubled. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's the lightest. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and Rosemary was, again, putting it lightly, royally fucked by circumstances beyond her control before she even came out of the womb. Oh, yeah. All right. See, Rosemary's mother, who was coincidentally also named Daisy. I just don't understand. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. They're all all cartoon rabbits. But they're all horrible people, and they're named after very nice things, such as flowers. Yeah, Yeah. that's why. So it's like, you should believe that because the local constable, Mr. Shits, was one of the nicest, most decent men. Cow pie. Well, Daisy, Rosemary's mom, she suffered from postpartum depression after her fourth child and was prescribed a healthy dose of early 50s electroconvulsive therapy. Oh, that's not going to get the job done. And that was back when the doses were powerful enough to shatter teeth if Jeez. you didn't put in the mouth guard. Yeah. But when Daisy <laughs> got pregnant with Rosemary, the doctors insisted that the treatments continue. Yeah, man. No! They, they were like, literally, let's microwave it. Yeah. Why? Therefore, well, they thought, eh, hey, no, she thinks you think she's crazy now? Like she's got a tadpole swimming up in that fucking gas. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they said is that she had postpartum depression, but then when she got pregnant again and the depression didn't go away. Midpartum depression. She had partum depression. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So they had to treat it. They gave her six electroconvulsive therapy sessions while she was pregnant with Rosemary. Do you know the doctors had to look at each other and be like, you know, we're doing this all wrong, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, just go with it. Well, there's, this is the early 50s, man. This is like the fucking wild west of psychiatry treatments here. Oh, like, oh, this yeah. is when they're doing all kinds of horrible shit. And so Daisy was subjected to extreme ECT right up until Rosemary was born to the point where Daisy came home from the birth with a head still shaved from treatments. Yay. <laughs> 
As a result, Rosemary's brain was fried and jostled in utero when the most complex parts of her brain were being developed, those that regulated empathy and conscience. Does it go through the whole body or does it just go through the head? Is that not why you have the sensors because then it just goes through your brain? Side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. I'm not quite certain. Yeah, I would imagine it was probably, I don't know if her brain was fried. Yeah. And no, the, I don't know if her would. brain was actually fried, but it was probably more just with the extreme convulsions that came yeah, it's that probably fucked her up. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. No. Now, in another household, Rosemary might have just grown up to be an unfortunate dullard at most. Mm. But the Letts household was one of monsters, and Rosemary's psyche was scrambled even further. When Rosemary was just a baby, for example, she'd rock back and forth so hard in her carriage that the brake had to be on at all times, Mm -hmm. lest the carriage work its way across the room. This habit would continue well into her childhood to the point where she'd keep her siblings awake all night with her constant rocking. This is seen a lot with kids that have suffered from trauma. It is that it's such a common symptom of something's Mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the Russian orphanage footage. Kids just rocking themselves to sleep and brutal stuff. Definite sign of abuse. Rose was also not there mentally. Mm. It's said that her large, doll-like eyes were constantly vacant, which caused her siblings to call her Dozy Rosie. As such, she spent most of her time alone, accompanied only by her six pet hamsters. Yeah, no, you That's not alone. Yeah. (laughs) You'd be surprised how alone you could be with six hamsters. You can't be alone. Have fun with the hamsters. Talk to them. I mean, that's like action figures for the time. Yeah, you know what I did is I put a bit of a triscuit on my front flap. And they went right in. I bet just, you they did, Rosie Dozy. They're always Dozy. trying to point and scratch, you know, try, right. to, try to calm them down. Well, let's leave the gerbils alone. <laughs> All right. Well, what scrambled Rosemary irrevocably was the behavior of her father, mm. Bill Letts. Bill was diagnosed as a schizophrenic at an early age who suffered severe psychotic episodes. Mm. But that was a secret he kept from his family. I just feel like, th- this is the thing, they didn't, he didn't know. You know what I mean? Because he ended up um, yeah, how can abusing you keep the whole yeah. family. Yeah, he didn't. Because yeah. it was there. They just didn't know that he was seeing them as devils. It's like when Joba Chamberlain used to go to the poorhouse all the oh, time, the picture yeah, from the New York yeah, Yankees. Like, yeah, make me a Long Island because then they don't know it's alcohol. Yeah, people just think it's iced tea. Like, no, no, no. It's, Everyone's quite aware. You of alcohol. <laughs> well, Bill Lads, he had an early 20th century diagnosis of schizophrenia. Okay, that which mean that was a catch-all term. Yeah. Could have been bipolar. Could have been extreme OCD. We could have be no fucking, idea. Probably could be borderline. Could be fucking all, anything. Oh, anything. Okay. But no matter the diagnosis, Bill Letts was still an incredibly cruel man. He would throw his children against walls, beat them with copper poles, and pour boiling water over their skin whenever they stepped outside of his exacting standards of absolute obedience and cleanliness. Because what's weird is that they had the uh, the the uh, pathological opposite of Fred West's growing up. Yeah, like they oh, were so they be super clean. It was clean to the point of madness that mm-hmm. children oh. were not allowed to sleep they were kept up cleaning they were they were inspected every morning it was very very intense weird yeah. some mommy dearest stuff yeah that harsh treatment though would not extend to rosemary while every other let's child lived in mortal fear of their father if they didn't do what they were told rosemary would whine until someone else did her chores and bill simply found that funny well it's a smart move was she the youngest? Uh, no. no, no, she wasn't. She mm. was, uh, I think, like third or something. I, I mean, there was it was another one of those. But it was okay. different, Kissel. It wasn't good. No, most it's a good thing to do. My brothers, I didn't talk until I was four. That's so scary. No. I, My dad didn't talk till he was five. Yeah, what? Because yeah. his brothers helped him out, probably. 
No, he didn't that have did, any brothers. He had an older sister. There you go. Yeah. Help, help. This is, that's bad. No, that's because you're the oldest. <laughs> yeah. Jackie. I'm the middle. Because I get Yes, just, that's right. You are the middle. But Jackie, I guarantee you, unbeknownst to you, she had you working for her for yeah. years. She never shut up. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> All right. Well, most likely Bill spared Rosemary because it was rumored that he was, in fact, a, a pedophile. Mm. See? Yeah. 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 Now you're frowning. Yeah, yeah of course now I'm frowning. You're this frowning. whole story is disgusting. Yeah, it's yeah. not, it's, you know, it's the UK. Yeah. It's not the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to go. Doctor Who's there. Hi, Doctor Who. We, can we do the episode on Doctor Who next up next week? Yeah, can I talk about why David Tennant is the superior Doctor oh, Who? Oh, wow. This is yeah. going to be far more pleasant episode yeah, now than anything we've said so far. That's the thing. Yeah. But even though everyone suspected that Bill Letts was a pedo, as they call it over there, yes. he was still allowed to open a rock and roll youth club for local teenagers. Jeez, even us. though he hated kids. I feel like anybody who opens up a rock and roll youth club for teenagers is a pedophile, right? Well, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yes. Why not? Yes, why not? You just sure. want to make a room where kids well, they go can't, dance. Well, how do you make money? They, can't they don't drink. have money. They have no money. Uh, I just feel like it's a predator's place. Yes, cover charges, sodas. But kids have kids no don't money. Have any money? Yeah, but in England there were these places that were set up and they were fine. A lot Sock of kids. Ops. A lot of kids went to these places. Not all of them. There were some that were definitely yes, real yes. fucking bad. But also, a lot of them were combos. Because yeah. again, I just found the, the people I were looking for. It's Dukes and Lee. They're called the greatest <laughs> cabaret duo. Cabaret duo <laughs> was ever graced the stage. And you got to take a look at these. People. It looks just like Henry. Yeah, Dukes and Lee definitely looks just. That looks just like it. You know what that? You know what that looks like? That's always the clip that uh, punk documentaries play when they talk about yeah, the Sex Pistols. Yeah, 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 when they yeah, talk yeah. about like, what they were rebelling against. Yeah, that how yeah. awful British society was. Yeah, I know exactly well, what you're talking about. Yeah, they show it in every fucking Sex Pistols. Don't worry, Johnny Rotten TV show. Everything. Johnny Rotten's currently mourning the death of the Queen. So he's ever, a punk is lost, and punk is Johnny not Rotten's dead. a professional contrarian. He's going to say whatever is going to piss people off. No, most. I believe that he is a sad, broken man who loves yeah. the Queen because he realizes he's about to die yeah, as well. He said his. Favorite Ninja Turtle is Leonardo. <laughs> I like Leonardo. He's a leader. He's a leader. He's nothing not a would, leader. Number nothing one. Nothing would get. No. Nothing would fucking get done if he wasn't around. Michelangelo is just going to go. The emotional capabilities. Also, Donatello. Donatello was the Condoleezza Rice <laughs> of the Teenage Ninja Turtles because in a world of insanity, he was the one person to making sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think Raphael spent a little bit too much time in that tub. I think that Raphael was deeply hurt. Because that fucking bitch wanted to have sex with a man, <laughs> April O'Neil. We talked about this before. We have many times. She wanted him. She would have sucked. She would have. If he wasn't a turtle. It's going too far. Anyway. <laughs> He's lost now. Well, that rock and roll room Making that Bill Letts opened, it was a combo. It was located in a room behind a pub overlooking a graveyard. Cool. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. And Bill, I mean, he had Bill Haley in the Comets tapes. He had Elvis Presley tapes. Okay. Tapes. Tapes. Yeah, yeah. He didn't arrive. Yeah. But tapes were. Yeah. Okay. Tapes. And he just sit over there just glaring at the few teenagers who bothered to show up. Which one of you, Daryl? Which one of you, Daryl, wants to become a wave? Yeah. Hey, man, I like the music around here, but you think that guy's kind of weird over there, dude? Yeah, which one of you children want to come into my web of deceit? Why don't we just go buy the Elvis tapes and drink in my basement? <laughs> I mean, he, Bill was creepy and sour. Yeah. So the club soon closed down. Right. And they just started moving from town to town after that. In the years that followed, Bill Letts pulled knives and axes on his family for the slightest infractions. He'd shut off the power and the gas so the family would go cold and hungry. 
He forced them to scrub the house constantly. He even got cruel on a micro level. If something came on TV that the kids wanted to watch, he turned it off just to spite them. Specifically because they wanted to see We all know those. I mean, I never know any. We didn't know any dads like that. But there was like people who were just like like that. Yeah, I do remember when my niece was in the Peppa the Pig like area of her childhood. I, I remember when I'd go home to my parents' house, it was like the television always had to be on whatever the child wanted. Yeah. And that was maddening. I don't think yeah. it needs to always be what the child wants. No, no. it doesn't always have to be, but yeah. you shouldn't just turn it off if you're not going to watch. Unless, no. If you want to watch Tool Time, which is the show within Home Improvement, sure. which is obviously a great program, <laughs> yes. uh, then you can watch it because you're the adult, but also just let her watch Peppa the Pig. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. But that's why you got him an iPad. Glenn Borland. Yep. Glenn Borland. Disgusting. Meanwhile, Rosemary was turning into a miniature sociopath. Oh. She had a reputation as a violent, lying bully who would become aggressive towards both boys and girls at the slightest provocation. And as it often happens with kids who are sexually abused, Rose became hypersexual as soon as she hit puberty. Mm. It became about the only thing she'd talk about, and she was soon sexually abusing her own younger brothers by the time she was 13. That's what her and Fred West had completely in common, which was they were both... Pedophiles. Well, Fred West was just obsessed with sex. Yeah. That's all he talked about. It's all he thought about. His whole life was centered around coming in within the well, seconds. He wasn't he even come. doing it right. He was no. an early ejaculator. It was, it, because Kissel wasn't about it. It wasn't about I the actual know. act. It was oh, about power. No, okay. it wasn't. No, they were both, you know, horribly sexually abused as children. Right. And they, they both ended up they both ended up uh perpetuating the cycle of abuse right. to extreme degrees. Yeah. The way Tiger Woods extended his father's <laughs> golf game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good with the analogies today. Yeah, you're, you're really nailing it. it. I'm yeah. crushing it. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Live from your grave. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> yeah, it's me, man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet last podcast of the left, babe. So go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have sativa, we have indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful. Super tasty live resin. You really get the delicious weedy taste, which is what I like. And yes. three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you on the road and get that vape, put it in your brain, and have a good time. And if you want us at your favorite weed store, give them a call and ask for them by name. Last podcast on the left, it's weed. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. By the time Rose was 15, she was likely already doing sex work, taking Johns and the cabs of trucks from the mobile snack bar her sister ran with her boyfriend. But around this same time, Rose was waiting at a bus stop and got approached by Fred West. Uh-oh. Now, it's quite possible that Fred West was planning to either rape and or kill Rosemary that night because picking up girls from bus stops would be a future M.O. And indeed, Rosemary <sighs> later said that she was put off by his appearance because, again, Fred had looked like a nightmarish gremlin since he was a baby. And she's the only one in this story so far who has said... 
that Fred is ugly. <laughs> Everybody else kind of has their own. Well, there was something about him. Yeah. Every one of these experts like, there must have been something about him. And it's been like the know. only one who stayed with him forever was like, I never locked him. No. I never once locked this looks. There you go. Match made in hell. But instead of attacking, Fred began talking. He and Rose soon found they had a lot of superficial things in common, like the fact they both had a mom named Daisy. Oh, oh isn't that nice? Oh, and you want to have sex with babies, too. Whoa, that's <laughs> cool. weird. Wow. And Rose worked at a bakery. Oh, and, and Fred, he was and with he, ice cream. He drove for a bakery. Oh, yeah. wow. Got so much in common. That's he can talk about things kind of in common. <laughs> they can both talk about what it's like to look at bread. Wow, for hours. Well, and I'm happy it ended there. Mm. All the things they had in common. Mm. What Fred liked most about Rosemary was that she didn't flinch when he crudely and frequently talked about sex. Yeah, well, if I flooded downstairs with my, with my hose water, like it's just hit its house. That's he not talk. that yeah. bad. No, it's just it's fucking awful. It's very oh, it's, it's very what disgusting. People, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah their God. meeting was a sort of monstrous kiss. Met two people who were both hypersexual and hyper violent. Mm. Although Rosemary's true evil wouldn't bloom for a couple of years yet. It almost seems like they're more like the natural born killers. Yeah, oh, very, oh, way yeah. more. Like in terms yeah. of like two people that both love the violence and, and rape as as much as the other. Yeah. This is really a real difficult. 50-50 mix. Because no, I honestly, yeah. I don't Without think that you should always be into the same habits as your partner because mm. I do think that sometimes it's nice for everyone to have their own thing. Yeah, yeah. Your girl, but there are also there's certain things that have to bring you together. Your wife just went to go light herself on fire because she wanted to learn how to do that. If you went to do that, you would still be on fire. <laughs> I just because got, there's so no, much hair on you. I tried the bomb from Hot Ones. Oh. And that's how we, we mix it up. That's and nice. it ruined my night. I had to throw it out. <laughs> Is it really that spicy? I watched Hellraiser. I thought it'd be really fun to try it while I was like, oh, this is on brand. So I'll watch Hellraiser, but also <laughs> You don't have to be hell. on brand. You're alone. I, I, yeah. fun, but yeah. this is how deep it goes. It's because it's me. Okay. And so I decided to pour it onto a chip to try it while I was watching Hellraiser. <laughs> and I literally had to shut off Hellraiser and I had to go stick. I was like, I was in hell. You became awful. a Cenobite. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, the thing is that I really don't think that Rosemary would have been just fine if no. Fred had never come into the picture. Of all of these, right. of the, right. all of the couple killers, I think that she she definitely she would have found her. a way to do it herself. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's a, even though Fred was twenty eight and Rosemary was fifteen when they met. I mean, I think the proof for it is that Rosemary's first murder it would involve Fred. But it would have little, if anything, to do with his influence as a murderer. Mm. They just helped. Yeah. Okay. Now, after Fred and Rose started dating, she brought this man, 12 years her senior, back home to meet her parents. Hey, call my loke. Yeah, he was. Oh, was my awful. God. What a, oh, weird. Fred told them that he was a rich and successful man. Oh, owing, yeah? Yeah, owing to a number of Scottish investments <laughs> that could not be checked up on, like caravans, ice cream trucks, and even a hotel. Wow. So, oh, oh, okay. Oh, hey, Freddie, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So tell me, you come here. So you're a millionaire, mm -hmm. right, from another country. Yes. You're a Scottish millionaire, which I've never met before. <laughs> and then, yeah. so when, uh, every Scottish millionaire, they're always having sex with a mentally disabled 15-year-old? I guess in this case. And they're like, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, Fred also explained away the scar on his nose from his teenage motorcycle accident. Oh, yes. Yeah, by saying that he'd been chased by a woman in Scotland and had cartoonishly fallen into an open manhole. Oh, that is funny. It is. I mean, it's extremely <laughs> dangerous and really painful, but it is funny. It didn't uh, happen. No, no, I know it didn't. But yeah. even if it did, it would. It's it is scary. But yeah, oh, yes. Well, he said that's that's how she caught up to him, and then she sliced open his face with a chain. She beat him with a chain. Great. Yeah. Also, woman manhole. 
Wow. Now, not surprisingly, Bill and Daisy Letts hated Fred West. Great. And after he began encouraging Rose to engage in sex work in his mobile home while he watched, Bill and Daisy put her into a home for troubled teenagers. Okay. There, they forgot her. Never visiting or writing. Oh, yeah. They just oh, they my. just pushed her out. They were mm-hmm. done with her. They, they didn't okay. want her there in the first place. They didn't want any of these kids. But no. then they it's all out of this kind of... I mean, they kept on having them. Mm-hmm. I know. The person who did write was Fred, who was all too eager to continue their relationship when Rose turned 16 and could no longer be kept in a home. Soon after, she became pregnant, and that was that for Fred and Rose. Oh, it's like a Billy Joel song. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> my life... They eventually moved into a building in Gloucester at 25 Midland Road, leasing an apartment from a clueless Polish immigrant named Frank Zygmunt. How is he supposed to know? How is he supposed supposed to know? know? I don't think we need... He's Polish. He's an immigrant. Yes, we know. We get it. He oh. was trusting. Yeah. Was prob- That's what the Polish, they are trusting. They're trusting people. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. They're actually very, they're, very suspicious. I know. They're <laughs> deeply traumatized from all the years yeah. of being Polish. <laughs> well, there, Fred and Rose lived with Fred's child, Anna Marie, and Rena's child, Charmaine, who had both been in and out of foster care these last few years because Fred had been in and out of jail for petty offenses. Right. These kids, I mean, these kids, they must, if, now I guess they still wouldn't be alive. I don't know, but this, this well, isn't that long ago. No, this is this is 1970. Yeah, I mean, but so no, they, they could no, be alive, but they're not. They're not. Well, no. one is. One is. Wow. And one's probably in hiding. Uh, no, one's dead. But no, I mean, then the other one. Uh, the other one has had quite a few problems. Yeah, I. Uh, what? Yeah. No. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, there's no nepotism, and they should, like it doesn't help. They don't get like true crime case. podcasts. They don't because that's what they should do. They should start a podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. All no, right. She's not doing well. I think she's attempted suicide many times. Oh yeah, it's very bad. Very, yeah. very bad life. Huh. Okay, interesting. In October of 1970, Rose gave birth to her first of eight children, wow. Heather Ann, which should have been reported because Rose was under 18. But as it was with Fred's children, who should have been flagged years before, the overwhelmed post World War II British system mm. failed, as it would again and again in this case. Soon, though, Fred would return to prison for three months after stealing five tires from the tire shop where he was working. I mean, Mania. it's one more than you need. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, seriously. I steal four. <laughs> this left the highly volatile 17-year-old Rosemary at home to look after three young children by herself. Oh, my gosh. And predictably, things very quickly turned ugly. Yeah, it's not the adventures in babysitting. This is real life. And mm-hmm. also, I mean, she was the mother. She's not the babysitter. She's the oh. mother, but she also was a Child. absolute budding psychopath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One child who shared the building with Rosemary said that she saw Charmaine standing on a kitchen chair with her hands tied by a leather belt while Rose hit her with a wooden spoon. Other times, the kids would show up in emergency rooms with obvious stab wounds that Rose would explain away. Well, at some point, these doctors should have been like, something seems to be wrong in that house. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, as far as the condition of the flat went, there was hardly any furniture and the floors were bare, save for dirty clothes and a Big pile of used diapers. God. It's like Bella Lugosi's house. Yeah, it's like the visit. Bella Lugosi's house was fine. Well, he, just the had the, he had the little dogs, though. But yeah, it was all. Yeah. Well, he was just a little bit incontinent. Yeah, he was on heroin. Oh, was yeah. he? Oh, very much. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You never seen Ed Wood? Yeah, but I didn't know that it was accurate to Bella Lugosi. Very yeah. much so. Oh, yeah. Oh. But at the same time, Fred kept a connection to Rose from prison by writing dirty letters. In one, he wrote, quote, to my darling wife, Rose. Darling, be at home Tuesday for your table. <laughs> Will 
Darling, be at home Tuesday for your table will be coming, so be at home all day until they come. It will be in the morning if they do come. Then come see me, but don't come till they come, darling. I'll write a dirty letter. I just spilled some spaghetti sauce and didn't clean it up. Stuff. <laughs> so something we often say about killer couples is that their specific mixture was what turned them into murderers. For example, neither Carla Homolka nor Paul Bernardo were likely to be murderers had they never met. I still think Paul Bernardo would have escalated to serial killing. It's possible, but not definite. Sure, at the very least, Bernardo. he's a serial rapist. He, for yes, sure. yeah, he oh, good. So he's, oh, it's yes. not like he's playing handball. Yeah, no, without a doubt, serial rapist. Yeah. But on the yeah. other side, we know that Caroline Fugit would have never even come close to a murder had it not been for Charles Starkweather. Right. But what made Fred and Rose West so nefarious is that both committed murder without the influence of the other, and mm. both would have been murderers no matter what. Case in point, Rosemary committed her first murder while Fred was in prison. Mm. And to make matters worse, the murder was that of a child. This is why it's Jeez. actually the case is specifically, you know, <laughs> maybe it's bad to say <sighs> interesting, but it is that. It is interesting. Because like, truly, very rarely do you see the female of the couple in these types of these scenarios be an aggressor as well. Yeah. I mean, that's why people joke about OJ and, and uh, Casey Anthony finding love in Florida together. Yeah. Because it seems like they could complete a circle. Yeah. Well, I mean, Carla Homolka was... The aggressor, oh, real bad. Yeah, I mean, she yeah, was, she real, was very much the aggressor. Bad. But, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but Rose, but Rose West began as the aggressor. Oh, she yeah. was the aggressor. She was coming into it as the aggressor. Coming in, yeah. Okay. And the day after Rosemary visited Fred in prison with Anna Marie and Charmaine in tow, Rosemary either stabbed or beat Charmaine to death. Jesus. And she put the corpse in her building cellar amongst the coal until Fred was released from prison. Upon that release, Rose told Fred that she'd killed Charmaine, and Fred most likely told Rose about the murders that he'd committed. Or at the very least, he told her about one of the murders. Huh, it's so funny that you said that. That's so it's, weird. It's, I've actually been meaning to tell you something, It's really too. wild. Like, because that's oh the thing, God. is that she kind of yeah. came home, she put him in the ridge, and she was like, Husband, I oh, know you came, you're back from prison and all that, but I've made a bit of a mess in the cellar. And then they go down there, and he looks at it, and he's like, Damn it, Rose. Well... Welcome to the family. Yeah. Like, he's just like, so excited. They immediately like were like, oh my God. It was like a meet cute. They yeah. Just like somebody being it. like, honey, I just have to tell you. I, so I have a little bit of a bondage fetish. And the guy just like pulls on a mask. <gasps> so yeah. do I. I got a cork up my ass right now. Wow. <laughs> but this is much different than that. Yeah. I mean, with that, they had a shared secret. Oh, gosh. It bonded them together in a matrimony of evil that would last another 15 years. Cool. A shared secret can also just be like, I don't know, something a lot more fun than that. Like, uh, you like pineapple on your pizza? Mm-hmm. I love pineapple on my pizza. I'm and so does it. my wife. Exactly. Good. Shared secrets. Shared <laughs> secrets. Now, almost nonchalantly, Fred buried Charmaine in the yard near the back door, then concealed the remains further by later putting the foundation of an extension to the building on top of the grave. But even though Fred didn't completely dismember the body as he did mm. all the others, he still took the fingers, toes, kneecaps, and parts of the wrists and ankles for his private collection, which to this day has never been found. Huh. And what's interesting about that is that, yeah, we say they're trophies, but he didn't kill that one. Yeah, I think that he, I, it also just could be habitual. Yeah. It's it just could. like a thing he started doing. Like he might he just, just like it. He might just like it. I mean, what if they literally were turned into other things and they're just out in someone's living room it's right now? It's very possible. Yeah. Now, after the murder, Rose briefly left Fred and came back, just in time for the return of Fred's actual wife, Rena, mm. who was coming back to Gloucester to see if she could finally take permanent hold of her two children. 
Now, Rena immediately discovered that Charmaine was nowhere to be found. And after a panic, Fred agreed to take Rena to see her child. Which is the, think about the euphemism of that. Of being Whoa. like, oh, you want to see Charmaine? I'll show you Charmaine. You yeah. want? We'll go visit Charmaine right Uh-oh, now. Oh, that's yeah. not good. Yep. Yeah. Instead, Fred killed her in his car by inserting a length of chromium tubing down her throat. Oh, God. After killing her, Fred took the corpse back to 25 Midland Road. And this is his wife, but not only the, his wife, but the mother of his child. Right. Yep. Dismembered the body, removing the legs at the hip and keeping the left kneecap, along with 35 finger and toe bones. Mm. The remains were then stuffed in bags and buried at Finger Post Field near the burial site of Anna McFall. Because that was where he grew up. I was re- I was reading about this mm. too, and the reason why he'd go there was because, again, the simple country life. Mm-hmm. That's where the, no it's one idyllic. was. He'd go yeah. out there, no one knew it, and, he, and, like, and because he was from there, he literally like rolled in the muck of those hills. Yeah. He just went back to the same places that right. he went to as a child, and he was like... He would dig, like, they talked about this. Even in his way he talked about it, it was like he'd go be visiting the memories of his parents yeah. as he's digging a grave yeah. to put these people and just being like, you know, there's just no place like home. <laughs> no, there really isn't, huh? And just as it was with Anna McFall, nobody reported the disappearance of Rena Costello, and suspicion wouldn't fall on Fred West for another 13 years. All right. Likewise, because Rena was dead, nobody missed Charmaine. And that murder went uninvestigated as well. But just a few months after Rose turned 18, she married Fred West. And just a few months after that, Fred and Rose moved into 25 Cromwell Street, the so-called House of Horrors that would play host to some of the worst known murders in British history. And that's where we'll pick back up for the conclusion of the tale of Fred and Rose West. (sighs) Go ahead and say right now that it's going to be gold star territory from beginning to end. I would say next week, get yourself a poncho. (laughs) Because these episodes are going to only get worse. This episode, next episode, we'll only do one more, but it's like, it only gets worse. But, and this has been pretty fucking awful. It's been really awful so far. It's been one of the worst we've done in a long time. But the next one, it's kind of old school in a way. Oh yeah. That's why next week though, all of the new information to come out, which is about Rose West's and Myra Hindley's lesbian relationship in jail is <laughs> oh. fascinating as well. So I can't fascinating. wait. Fascinating. Fascinating. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we are excited to see you in Europe very, oh, very soon. We are coming mm-hmm. to Europe. And yes. what you are going to see, oh, the sights we will show you. Yeah. We are gonna I mean, they're going to show us. Yeah. We'll show see what they think. But also, yeah. um, if you have, a, if you do, are you interested in a VIP ticket to any one of those UK shows, you can buy it separately from your ticket. If you do yeah. want to come and stay for a Q&A afterwards, you can tag that on there, buy it, show up. It's a up. little convoluted the way the website works so you got to go to like three different pages but it does exist it is there just have your fingers do the walking yeah, yeah. And you go show up because we it's like it's an hour more show yeah we have fun and you know you get you get to hear straight from the horse's mouth yeah, yeah you can ask us questions and stuff and you get a signed poster and a lanyard it's Whoa! a lanyard <laughs> oh cool <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for supporting all the shows here on the network. Anything else? I think no, that's man. basically it. I want to say thank you to everybody who came out to see the Beacon show that we have just performed. Yes. Yes, it was yes. fantastic. It was very fun. Henry, your new butthole bit is just superb. I tell you what, and once the doctors assemble it all back together, <laughs> I will be able to do it again reliably in Europe. <laughs> 
All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Again. Magusta Lechon. I want to remind everybody the Satanism says to not do anything towards children. Absolutely. So these guys are not remotely Satanic. No. No. When, no. I don't think anyone said that they were. They're just British. Saying, you just see how many times people call them like devils yeah. and stuff. And a lot of times devils are just kind of misunderstood, you know, like lumpy, well-meaning demons <laughs> that are stuck in a kind of what's almost like a corporate substructure. Yeah, yeah, you're you know, you know how what you're still plugging. Yep. Fantastic. <laughs> Talk to y'all soon. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. 